should my goal not be to have as little mortgage debt as possible and isn't my goal to eventually completely pay off my mortgage. Hi, I'm Terry Shower, and you're listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. This episode is going to be responding to a question that I get often from people that I coach, from clients of mine, and it is, when should I sell my buildings? Before I answer that question, I'm going to go back to when I was a young investor and my father's accountant said something to me that I did not understand at the time. I'm going to repeat it for you, and then hopefully it's going to have the same impact on you that it had on me. So my... Uh, father's accountant, I was having a, a chat with them. And, you know, at that point in my investing career, I was thinking I'm going to, you know, buy three triplexes. And when I'm done owning those, when I have finished paying off my mortgages, and I used to like calculate, okay, what age am I going to be when my mortgages are finally paid off? And how much money is that going to give me an in income? And I'm going to live on that income and, uh, you know, survive happily ever after. And I was must have been like, you know, 30 when I was having this conversation with myself. And my thought process was, I am never going to sell my buildings because this is my retirement fund. And my plan is that eventually those buildings are going to support me, uh, you know, out into the sunset. And bursting my bubble, my father's accountant said to me, you know, Terry, a building has a life. And at a certain point, it's time to liquidate that asset. And I thought, huh, like, what can he mean by this? Like, surely I should be just watching my mortgage get smaller and smaller and watching my cash flow get bigger and bigger, and I should be holding on to my assets as long as possible. It was such a headache to acquire them in the first place. So why would I ever want to sell my buildings? Then, uh, you know, fast forward about 15 years to currently when people regularly ask me this question. And, you know, I uh, had my first three triplexes, my nine doors that I used to own in a not so great part of Montreal, uh, in Hochelaga at a certain point. And I traded out of those buildings in order to scale my portfolio. And, you know, I attained financial independence with those nine doors. Um, and then at a certain point, I realized that it was time to trade out of them. So when should you sell your buildings? Well, as an investor, you're going to have a certain business model. And that business model might be value add through uh, construction. It might be optimization through very tight management, or it might be placing your money in a market that you believe in. So, you know, we know that there are urban centers, um, you know, maybe smaller areas, maybe particular parts of town that are appreciating faster than other areas. And one of the things that we can do as investors is to buy a building that's either cash flow neutral or perhaps a little bit in the negative in the hopes that that area is going to appreciate because we know something about, you know, urban development that other people might not know. But what you're going to see in common with all of those aspects is that at some point the per property that you're that you're purchasing will have maxed out its unusual appreciation. So let's say that the market overall is appreciating, you know, 3% a year, which is kind of balanced. That is not what we've seen in the past years, you know, we had crazy growth and then we had uh, you know a year of stagnation, but overall it's typical for the market to grow 3%. If you have a strategy to up the value of a property by beyond that, be it through something that you're doing with your business model, construction, management, or if it's because you know something other people don't about growth, there's going to be a time-bounded moment in which you're able to realize that gain. So to be you know, very transparent, if 
let's say those buildings that I bought in Hochelaga at the beginning of my career, I identified that as an area that was going to be up and coming. And it's, you know, the increase that happened in that area took place over a certain number of years. And then the outsized growth of that area vis-a-vis other areas slowed down. Also, after with natural tenant turnover, my tenants in those buildings turned over and my rents were adjusted to market. So in terms of those triplexes, I had realized my gains, my rents were adjusted to market value, the appreciation that was going to happen because the neighborhood was, uh, you know, gentrifying or because people found that a desirable place to buy, uh, that outsized appreciation happened. And also, those are smaller properties where if you have a triplex, you have to maintain the roof, the brick walls, the toilet, like basically the shell of the building, whether you're maintaining an eightplex or whether you're maintaining a triplex, some of those expenses are going to be the same. Now, if I have to pay the same price to replace my roof, I'd rather be replacing the roof of an eight unit than the than the um, roof of a three unit. So as a general rule of thumb, if I can own a property that has more doors, I would prefer at the same price or for the same capital investment, I would prefer to own more doors because you're only maintaining the outside ones. So why trade out of those properties? Well, at a certain point, once I've adjusted rents to market, once um, the area has appreciated to the point that it's going to appreciate and then it's going to you know, take on only like a 3% a year appreciation and the unit sizes are small, it didn't make sense for me to continue to hold those assets as part of my portfolio. And so when and the other thing that happened over time was that I paid down the mortgages and there was too much capital left in the property. Now, if I was 70 and my goal was to just have stable income to live off of, I might have made a different decision. But being a young investor who's, you know, more towards the beginning of my career and I have many years of trading in and out of buildings in front of me, it made more sense to sell the buildings, realize the capital gain that I made, obviously pay my taxes to the government because anytime you sell, um, you know, you do end up giving a chunk of it to the government in terms of capital gains. But then to reapply that capital by purchasing other assets where I can start again with whatever strategies I have to add value. And again, very transparently, I moved my investments out of that geographic area. I'm still investing in Montreal, but I chose to uh, place the money in different submarkets inside the city. Also chose to trade up into bigger assets because uh, of the reason that um, you know you end up having to maintain the shell of the building, whether it's a single family home, a duplex, eight units, 10 units, you still have one roof, one set of walls that you're maintaining on the outside. Did you know the Real Estate Investors Club podcast is starting a mastermind? Imagine having the power and the knowledge that's shared in these podcasts in a group setting. You get to have accountability, build a peer group, and also develop a network that's going to help support your real estate goals. Please check out more information at terryshower.com and select the mastermind tab on the drop down menu on the left. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. So 
you know, in being transparent about um, my personal example, what I want you to retain from this is take away the message that a building, your ownership of a building should have life. There's a moment at which it makes sense for you to add it to your portfolio because you're able to do some kind of amount value add, whatever technique you're using to add value in the buy management, construction and renovation, whatever it is. And then once you've realized that gain, once you feel like the market that you've placed your money in has plateaued in terms of the growth that it's going to realize, then it might be time for you to think about um, liquidating that asset and placing the money somewhere else. Another strategy, and this is talking specifically to uh, people who might ask a slightly different question, which is, should my goal not be to have as little mortgage debt as possible? And isn't my goal to eventually completely pay off my mortgage? Now, I don't remember exactly which account I was talking to when this uh, little illusion got exploded for me. But, you know, maybe a more conservative, you know, uh, old school European way of thinking is I want to own all my properties free and clear, and that's going to help me sleep at night. Well, people who play the real estate game professionally are always talking about leverage. And what's the difference between leverage? If we take, you know, a very simple example, I can own one building that's worth, let's say, $800,000 and that generates for me 50K in cash flow. I can own that building free and clear with no mortgage on it, in which case it's generating 50K a year and I'm not paying down any mortgage. So the only thing I'm realizing on that building is the cash flow and the potential, you know, 3% increase that's going to happen uh, conservatively over a 10 year time period. Or I can break that up and I can buy four buildings in which I have 25% cash down. So I can own four aplexes that generate. 200k in revenue and on which I'm paying down a mortgage and on which I'm realizing 3% appreciation every year. Now, before we get into, you know, the cash flow and the mortgage reimbursement just on appreciation, if you have an asset that's worth a certain amount of money and you're realizing a 3% appreciation on it every year, would you rather own one at one $800,000 asset that's growing at 3% a year or four $800,000 assets that are growing at 3% a year? So just the fact of using your capital to spread it over more assets means that whatever appreciation is going on, you're going to be realizing that multiple times over as opposed to having all of your money tied up in a single property. Then one of the other ways that you know you make money in real estate is you pay back the bank. So if I have a mortgage running which has interest that's cast tax deductible, that mortgage is paying itself off over time and I'm able to deduct that interest from as a tax liability. Whereas if I am just making 50K on my, you know, fully um, mortgage debt free $800,000 property, that 50K is being taxed at its full level. So I'm paying back the mortgage, but at the same time, I'm going to be paying tax on 50% of the income. I would have as tax savings if some of that money was going to pay mortgage interest. So there's also a tax benefit to having properties, more properties that are mortgaged than just one that's uh, cash free. So <laughs> what I want you to take away from this episode is, um, you know, before calculating the number of days that you have to, you know, my 25 year mortgage amortization period is going to be over and I'm going to own this one building uh, debt free, you know, consider evaluate whether or not it's time to trade out of that specific asset because you've realized the gain that you, you as an investor are able to bring to the table um, and then also consider we know what the value is of having a property that's debt free because maybe running your properties debt free is not the best place to end up.
Real estate fans, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you have found it useful, if you think of somebody who could benefit from this, please go ahead and share it with them. We always like to get reviews, like and subscribe. And if you have any questions that you want to shoot to me, uh, give them to me by email, uh, fill out our form uh, to come on and do live on air coaching. If that's too much of a commitment, please go ahead, send me, DM me a message and I will be very happy to answer it on air. Until next week, real estate fans, have a good week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. If you want to own more buildings like my mom, like and subscribe. And share this episode with anyone who you think could profit from it. See you next time, real estate fans.